We'll get to episode 169 in just a moment, but first, a brief message about the Keystone Chapter of the National Federation of the Blind of Pennsylvania. Please go to supportkeystonechapter.org to make a donation. Scroll down once you get to the page. There's a text field. It's got the default amount of $50. Now, you don't have to give that much to make a difference. St. Patrick's Day is coming up. Why not give $3.17? Again, that's supportkeystonechapter.org. Thank you so much for your support. We really appreciate it. From Studio B in Swarthmore, this is the I Can't See You podcast with David. It's like blind people for dummies. Hello there, and welcome to episode 169 of the I Can't See You podcast. My name is David, at David Benj on all the socials. I really appreciate you joining me for this episode. And I've got a couple of things to talk about, but before we get into it, I wanted to ask this. Do I sound funny? Not funny in a ha-ha way, but funny in a strange way. You hear a hiss or a hum or anything like that, because I constantly hear it in my headphones, whether I'm recording As long as my mic is turned up, even yesterday when I was editing White Cane's Connect episode 23, which, cross your fingers, that comes out also today, Thursday, the 3rd of March. Boy, I've got a lot of work to do, but I'll get into that in a minute. If you do hear something or it does sound a little off, please reach out 646-926-6350. Again, 646-926-6350. You can also reach out via email, I can't see you podcast at gmail.com. I can't see you podcast at gmail.com. And of course, always on all the socials, at David Benj, Facebook, Instagram, which are the same company, Meta, Twitter, or LinkedIn. And uh, just DM me if you hear something funny. If you don't want to leave a voicemail or shoot me an email, that would be okay too. <clears throat> My main point for today is to talk about uh, something I did earlier this week on Monday uh, at the Museum of the American Revolution. I'm helping Trish and Catherine out with what they're calling the Vision Council. And what we're doing and what we did this week at the Museum of the American Revolution was to help a couple of classes from the University of the Arts. Most of the students are museum studies uh, majors but not everyone. There was at least one graphic design major and some gaming majors and things like that. And what it's, what we're trying to do is to help students learn how they could better serve blind and visually impaired visitors, patrons, whatever you want to call them to the museum, whether it's more tactile items, whether it's different kinds of signage using QR codes. So they could use their mobile devices to, read what's there if their phone can't. And uh, it was a great time. And everything started off that day. (laughs) Everything was great. Everything went great. I got up. I got downstairs. I was able, usually I have oatmeal for breakfast. I asked Liz not to make it for me because I didn't think I'd have enough time to eat it. But she, of course, forgot and made it. But I was down in time to eat it. So it all worked out. I was able to have a cup of tea and Again, my cup of tea in the morning is 24 ounces. Uh, usually I don't have caffeinated tea at breakfast. I usually have a, uh, a blend from, uh, some herbal blend from uh, T2. And that's just the letter T and the number two. It's called um, pumping pomegranate. <laughs> and it makes me feel a little bit better uh, joint-wise when, when I drink it. When I go a few days without, 
I can I notice that I haven't had it for a few days. If it's more than a weekend without, I I do notice a difference. That's not really a big deal of this story, but just giving you everything. <laughs> and I am going to try and keep this short because it seems like I got more downloads <laughs> for a shorter episode than I do for the longer one. So let's see if I can stick to that. So everything is going great. And of course, the wild card usually is Ziggy. Is he going to go outside? Is he going to not come back to the house when I call for him? Or And I stayed out there with him. I usually stay out there with him. So I'm worried that, okay, I've, I've, I'm timing it. I had to be to the museum at 9.45. So 9 o'clock, I'm, I'm outside with Ziggy. I check. I go into the Uber app. I check to see that, okay, somebody's within five minutes of me if I needed it. And I would get there at 9.27. Still plenty of time because I don't, I don't want to get there too early and just hang around. So I stay outside. I let Ziggy play outside, figuring he's going to be cooped up for the next four hours or so. And we're playing and having fun, throwing a ball, whatever. We come back in, and I give him his little treat, and he gets a treat every time he comes back in. It used to be used to be he got a treat just for when he went to the bathroom. Sometimes it's a carrot. Sometimes it's chicken. It's always something, though. Uh, and he loves carrots. But we found out this past week that he likes broccoli better. And he always has broccoli every night. But we did a, I did a side-by-side test, and it was kind of funny. So... I give him his carrot, and, and it's a baby carrot, not a whole carrot. And I thought, okay, well, let me order the Uber. Just in case, I still had plenty of time. It's Now it's around 10 after 9. I still had plenty of time. I go and I have it all set up. All I have to basically do is hit, you know, pay or confirm my location, I guess. And then, yes, I'm wearing a mask, and then hit the pay button. Everything is great. And again, I, I haven't changed any of my information in there. I haven't needed to since we moved a year and a half ago. When I hit the pay button, I get a message that says, credit card address doesn't match. And I'm like, what are you talking about? It's, it's fine. And I'm thinking, oh no, I've been hacked. Something's going on. And I mistakenly first go into settings, I'm sorry, contacts. And I had, I guess I had searched for someone that also started with a D. So when I, you know, tap the button, it had this person's name, and I'm like, oh my gosh, who is this person? And not thinking that it was it was <laughs> somebody I know. And um, I'm like, oh my God, what do I do now? And then I realize, I'm like, oh, hold on, let me go up and check my address. Everything, everything looks good. So I'm thinking, how am I going to get to the museum? It's now, I don't know, quarter after nine, 9.20. And I'm panicking, wondering how am I going to get there? And I thought, you know what, let me text Jane and see if she's available to get me an Uber on her account. And she first tries it and also has trouble. And then finally gets it to go through. And I have about five minutes, so I get I get Ziggy a high-value treat to put him in his cage for while I'm out. And that high-value treat was grilled chicken. Uh, not a lot of it, just a couple pieces, just like today when I put them in to come down here and record this. So that Uber comes and I figured, okay, once I get to the museum, I'll I'll mess around with it if I have time. But at this point, now we're rushing. I, I mean, the driver wasn't rushing me because he didn't know I was going to be late if he didn't get there, if he didn't step on the gas a little bit. And I get to the museum around 10 of 10 and I'm a little... 
I'm not 100% there because I'm a little frustrated with what went down, wondering, hey, have I been hacked or whatnot? But I put that aside, figuring I'll mess with that later. I'm here at the museum. I got, as soon as I walked in, I got excited. I'm, you know, there and doing this stuff again, which I, like I said, I love so much. Um, So I kind of, I kind of forgot about it, to be honest, once I walked into the museum and uh, Tyler had uh, taken me down to the classroom and we were talking and he's, you know, we're talking about how the day was going so far. And I kind of explained to him that I had a little bit of an issue getting there, but I'm, hey, here I am. And he said, don't worry, you're not late. We haven't started yet. So you're good. And everything wasn't going to start for our portion of the class until 10 o'clock. So I still was okay. Uh, And it did work out. I was, of course, the last one there for any of the, uh, both the other other folks who are on the quote unquote vision council, uh, which are two people that I know. One is Denise Brown from the greater Philly chapter of the NFB of Pennsylvania. And one is a girl named Liz who uh, has been part of that Philly blind meetup uh, group for as long as I've been in it. So I say hi to Denise and Liz and we talk a little bit before it's our turn to, before the portion of the program that we're participating in starts. And once we got started, everything, again, so interesting to learn hearing what the both Trish and Catherine are saying as well as uh, the professors of the classes are saying um, and then talking and then actually going through the museum to say, hey, how could this be better or how could this be different? And just, again, just a great thing. And, and the fact that not only were we excited to be there the kids really seemed excited to have us there and were interested in what we had to say and it's not very many people that are interested in what i have to say although i have to say it's growing um so uh, one of the things that went on as we walked through the museum which we i found out after after we walked through and it was kind of a tour that you would take but also kind of a hey how could we do this differently and, you know, how some of the students would learn, hey, this is how we would approach this. Um, and, you know, does that work for you? Meaning the students would be asking us, is that is that is this OK or is this no good or what could we do differently? And again, a, a, a lot of fun. And the museum is very nice. It's uh, right there in Old City, right down the street from uh, Independence Hall, which had my app been working, I would have walked down to Independence Hall and taken a taken a blind selfie there. I did take a blind selfie in uh, in the museum in front of a replica of George Washington's flag after everything was said and done. I, I took one. And the fact that it's a replica, you think, oh, it's only a replica. What's the big deal? Well, that flag went into space with John Glenn back in 1998 on the space shuttle. And uh, you can find that on my Facebook page. I have that there. Again, at David Benj on Facebook, you can see that picture. Uh, nothing too special, just me in, a, <laughs> me in front of a flag. Uh, flag is blue with these white stars, but the stars are, they almost look, look like asterisks. Uh, but an asterisk, I think, has eight things, and, and these only had six points. Um, so very cool. Just the, the whole history about it is just very cool. And again, a very different looking flag um, to me, what, what I could make of it once I took a picture in front of it. Uh, and blew it up on my computer. I could see it a little bit, uh, but very cool. Um, but I, again, I didn't do any of the things that I would normally do in Old City, 
because I, I wanted to get home and I, I wasn't sure I couldn't get the app to work on the way home either. Um, so Jane got, Jane got me the return trip, which I'll, I'll talk about in a few minutes. But it, it's so nice to go around the museum. And then at some point, one of the students came up to me. Her name was Carolyn. She's from, as she said, a small town in Indiana, which she told me, she said, did you ever hear of Lebanon, Indiana? And I said, no. She said, that's why I say small town, <laughs> because nobody knows, nobody has ever heard of it. And I explained to her that I was at a trade show once where I did something like that. And it, we were doing this competition to win some merch or something from this big electronics firm. And when I first said I'm from suburban Philadelphia, oh, where? I said Delaware County. Where in Delaware County? And, you know, I had to go and finally say at that point, I guess I was in media. So I said media. So, you know, I explained that to her. I said, so sometimes somebody might do that to you, just so you know. Um, but it was nice to have her walk around with me. She was explaining some of the things um, that we were standing near and what we were on. They have this this replica of a boat with a cannon and some other things on there. And of course, all around it, there are noises to make it sound like you're on this boat or you're they're loading this boat up full of uh, ammo and um, supplies because they're going to go out and, you know, go after one of the British ships or, or whatever, whatever, whatever they're going to do. So, and that's a lot of the different things in the museum, the different rooms have these, these sorts of sounds. And, and I was mentioning this, uh, one of them has the sounds, it sounds like, um, horses and horse drawn carts, and it sounded like it was coming from speakers above my head. And I mentioned that afterwards, and we talked about that. And one of the students in there named Robin was saying that it was a little, some of it was a little overwhelming, all the different sounds. It was very hard to, between the sounds of what was on with the displays and then listening to Matt, who was from the museum, giving the um, the background of what we were looking at, or, um, you know, maybe some history uh, of some of the things that we were looking at or what took place around the times of the items that we were looking at, things like that. And, and I kind of realized at that point that, yeah, some of it was a little overwhelming with all of the sounds between the speaker and maybe a couple of the people talking, as well as the sound effects that were going on around us. And the more we talked about that, I, it made me think that, hey, that did sound like the sounds of the horses and the carts were above us. And I had remarked that I was once in an event, and, and, and it's happened more than once, and, and Liz had also mentioned something like this. When I was at an event in Washington once and there were representatives and senators speaking and it was a, you know, not a big room, I was facing to the loudspeaker, not the person speaker. So I thought I'm looking, you know, towards, you know, because the sound was coming from this one corner of the room and I thought, oh, okay, there, the, the speaker must be there. The guy or girl speaking must be there. Then I realized after somebody had coughed while they were talking and, you know, had kind of backed away from the microphone, 
that they weren't where I was facing. They were 90 degrees to my right. And so I just, <laughs> I just turned and then I was, you know, then I was facing the right way. And that kind of reminded me with the horses. And, and that was one of the suggestions that we made. If they're going to do the sound effects, it should be coming from where that sound would normally be coming from. So if it's horses and, and horse-drawn carts, they should be coming from, you know, maybe ear level, a little higher, a little lower, not from the ceiling. And it would be, it would be better for everyone to help them imagine if they're looking at a painting, it would help them imagine, okay, oh, this is, okay, I got it. I understand what this is. So it was very interesting to do that. And then, uh, so we did that and it was about three hours. It went from 10 till about one. And the discussion might've actually gone a little past one. Again, very interesting to hear other points of view from um, some of the students and Trish and Catherine, as well as as well as uh, one of the professors or both the professors. There was two professors there. One was, uh, I, I think, the museum studies professor, and one was a gaming professor. And I think it is very cool that they actually have they have courses, so you can can learn how to do that. That is just awesome to me, and something I'd be interested in. And like I said, one of these one of the students who was there was a graphic designer, and I don't remember her name, but. I would have liked to have have said hi to her because that's again something that I really really like. So um, just a lot of fun, um, and just I just felt like I don't feel on most days. I felt fulfilled because I did something that was helping some other folks learn how to help blind and visually impaired people, as well as I got out. I got to talk to other people face to face, which. Most days I don't. Today, for example, I won't see Liz until she comes home from work. Uh, I did actually see Jacob before he went to work just briefly. And that's pretty much all I'll talk to -to face-to-face, you know, IRL uh, for the day. I might talk to somebody on the phone. I certainly will talk to Ziggy. He never talks back, though, which I guess is good and bad, right? (laughs) Um, And he's not really a barker. Uh, although he does whine when he wants something, and uh, <laughs> that gets annoying too. So, um, so again, a great day on Monday, and I'm looking forward to the next one, which I think is in early April, uh, right before my surgery. And uh, I'm hoping that I don't, I don't know how long the surgery is going to sideline me uh, from doing anything, if if anything is scheduled. I I hope not long. Um, I kind of remember the last time I had the surgery, you know, a couple of weeks. Uh, I know I can't lift stuff for, I think, four to six weeks, something like that. But otherwise, I'm pretty good to go, I think, after a couple of weeks. But I'll find out. Um, If it's a quicker turnaround, I I really had ideas of going to PodFest in Orlando uh, over Memorial Day weekend. I, I think that might be pushing it. And by the time I would know that I could go, ticket prices for that would be outrageous. And then, of course, flights might be non-existent at that point. So we'll see how that goes. But uh, I am looking forward to the next one. I always enjoy it, as I as I mentioned to Trish. And uh, and check out that picture of me in the George Washington flag um, on Facebook, again, at David Benj on Facebook and the others. And I, I also posted, if you're, if you're interested in seeing pictures of me more recently than however long uh, I might have up there. Uh, I, I finally wore my, I can't see you podcast hoodie, 
um, yesterday and I took a picture outside, another blind selfie. It's, I, I did, it is a blind selfie, but I basically put the phone on the fence and took the picture of me and took a couple steps back. As I mentioned before, when I do a selfie, and, and this might help you whether you're blind or not, because of my hands, I can't, I can't really, it's, it's hard to push the button to take the picture. Sometimes I, some people use the, uh, on the iPhone, you can use the, uh, the down volume to take the picture. Uh, it's too hard for me to push in my handshakes too much and, and to reach, hold the phone and reach to hit the, um, the button on the screen also is difficult to do. So I always use the timer and then I could, I basically set up the shot and listen and figure out where exactly I want to put my hand with the, with the camera in it and then hit the button, you know, bring it close to me where it's comfortable and easy for me to hit the button push the button to take the picture and then put my hand back to where it is. And so the picture that I took of me and my uh, I Can't See You hoodie, which is black with the logo being in white on the front, uh, I propped it up on the fence, hit the button to take the picture, then took two steps back. And it was such a beautiful day here. The sky looks great. It's a nice clean blue, no clouds. Uh, we've got evergreens in our backyard, so you've got the contrast of the green. And Ziggy always looks great when I take pictures of him out there because the contrast between the green grass, his color, which is, I guess, golden, <laughs> blonde, whatever you want to call it, and then the backdrop of the, the evergreen trees and then the blue sky. Uh, I did take some pictures of him yesterday. I haven't put them up anywhere. And I haven't, I don't think, posted on uh, his Instagram in probably a year. So... Um, so I do enjoy I do enjoy taking the uh, the selfies, and I'm hoping to do some more of that this weekend. This weekend I'll be going to State College, uh, Pennsylvania, home of Penn State, where I'll be participating in a leadership seminar from the National Federation of the Blind of Pennsylvania, and I'm really looking forward to that. Getting there is not the easiest from where we live, and uh, it involves a train and a bus. And coming home, it's I didn't get on the same, the same train and bus as a lot of the other folks. So I'll, I'll be in State College just slightly longer than than most of my friends. Although there's a couple folks coming back uh, on the same combination as me, uh, but it's coming back. It's going to be around five hours, which again, when you can't drive and you have to rely on public transport or or mass transport, whatever you want to call it, um, you're at their mercy for the for the timing. And speaking to uh, Brian, the commissioner of the All Blind Fantasy League, we were talking about that and how you know our time is less valued by others than um, sighted folks. It seems because oh well, here you can do this, but it's you know it's okay that it's going to take you a couple extra hours. Um, it's not okay because I never get that time back. Once it's gone, it's gone. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. Now, the last thing I wanted to mention was Amtrak, since we're talking about this. The state convention for the National Federation of the Blind uh, was in November in Harrisburg. And early on, when it was time to make travel, re- travel plans, Denise, who, as I mentioned earlier, is the president of the Greater Philly chapter of the NFBFPA, sent around a code for folks who are disabled, not just blind, 
any kind of disability. It's a, it's a four-digit code, four-character code that gives you a discount, and it's a huge discount. Um, I paid 31 and change or 32.50 each way to go to Harrisburg for that convention because the person who I talked to on the phone could not get the code to work for me. What everybody else paid who got that code to work was $17 and change each way. So a huge difference. So when we were talking, both Lisa and I and Denise and I, and we had Denise on, she's going to be on the next episode of White Canes Connect talking about some apps uh, that are helpful for blind and visually impaired folks. That's going to be episode 23. Once I finish recording this episode, I will get back to editing that so I can publish it as well. Denise was saying, here's the code. It still works. Don't let them tell you otherwise. So everybody that I talk to, whether it's um, the uh, Pam, who is the uh, president of the Blind Merchants Association, she said, oh, yeah, what a great, you know, when I come to Philly, I always use that code and it always gives me the $17 trip. Everybody they know got that code to work. So I finally remembered to call, called Amtrak, and I first tried to punch everything in, hoping it would then get transferred to a live agent, and then they could just finish it off with the code and so forth. Well, maybe that's why it didn't work for me, but it didn't work for me, both with the automation and once the person called me back. I was on the phone probably about 30 minutes for her to get this code to work. And I said, I know the code works. I said, everybody that is going to this event from this area has used this code. And I don't understand why it's not working for me. And she said, well, we don't know who you are. We don't know, you know, it's not like we're doing this against you. I said, well, you do know who I am because you have my phone number to call me back. So, so you do have that. And maybe that triggered because when she, when, when she said, what's my phone number to verify it? She said, oh, and your email address is I can't see you podcast at gmail.com. I said, so you do know who I am just from my phone number. And she agreed and, and realized. But it took about a half an hour for her. I see the code there. I see it's still valid. And she said, let me get a supervisor and see what we can do. And finally, she came back and she said she got it to work. Now, she did ask me at one point, she's like, what did your friend pay? And I, I, text, I texted my friend Lisa and I said, I said, what was the total cost of your travel? And she said 77 something. Now, again, I'm not on the same trip coming home, so it was slightly more, and I paid $79.80. I'll take that over the $108 any day. So I don't understand why it doesn't work for me. I do appreciate you listening to episode 169 of the I Can't See You podcast. Please rate and review wherever you listen. I really would appreciate that. And again, if you have any questions, comments, show ideas, anything, please reach out 646-926-6350. Again, 646-926-6350. Also, you can reach out to I Can't See You Podcast at gmail.com. If you want to email, I Can't See You Podcast at gmail.com. Show notes will be at I Can't See You.com slash 169. And you'll notice the same thing in the description with links and anything else that I've talked about. I'll put, I'll put the link into the Museum of the American Revolution so you can check that out. Again, a very cool place. And um, again, the phone number will be in there. Email address for I Can't See You podcast will be there so you can easily just tap it and shoot me an email.
or tap it and give me a call and leave a message. Again, I can't see you dot com slash 169. Remember, I can't see you sounds like a whole sentence, but it's only seven characters long. I C A N T C U dot com slash 169. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you're staying safe. You're well, and I'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to the I Can't See You podcast with David. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. And don't forget to share the podcast with your friends. 